Welcome to Mindful Morley, a podcast which explores our well-being. My name's Joanna Duchesne. I'm interested in how mindfulness can help in every area of our lives. In this series, we talk to people about their thoughts and beliefs about living life well, what they do to relax, and any techniques they use to help approach life's challenges. This podcast is brought to you by Morley Radio. Emma Mills is an award-winning author and one of the UK's leading voices in the field of meditation, mindfulness and well-being. She helped pioneer a new form of poetry therapy with Mind and the NHS. I've got to know a little about Emma's work through reading her brilliant meditation handbook, Inhale, Exhale, Repeat, and we're very lucky to have her on the line to talk to. Emma, welcome and thank you for agreeing to be a guest on Mindful Morley. Well, thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here with you and to be invited on. What first sparked your interest about mindfulness and working in that area? I became interested in, I would say, the nature of experience, although I wouldn't have formulated it like that at the time. From quite a young age, really, I've been interested in what is this being alive and why do we think as we do and why do things happen the way they do and and to begin with, that interest followed a psychology pathway. So being so studying psychology, as soon as I could get out of school, basically, go to study psychology and pursued that path. And after I studied psychology, I went to work in mental health at the organisation Mind, where I studied all different types of modalities, group, private, one-to-one, um, social interaction, like services where you meet more in the community. And my specialism there was poetry, really the therapeutic application of poetry, which is just reading poems together, um, exploring the beauty of the poems, exploring ourselves and developing our understanding and our well-being. And so that's how it started, basically, through a psychology route. And it wasn't until I had been working at Mind for, gosh, I don't know, I was, I'd, I don't know how long I'd been there, but I've been at Mind and I got into, into contact with someone who was meditating and was introduced to it through there. And it was the missing piece that I hadn't, I knew something was missing while I was at Mind. Mind's fantastic charity and psychology is a fantastic subject to study. And I found it fascinating, but I realized there was something that was missing. I found that with the meditation, the poetry as well, the meditation talked to something that was more essential to my being, to me, whereas the psychology that I encountered that was fascinating and brilliant was more talking about the brain, cognition, thinking, and the outside world, and maybe the direction of the outside world in and sometimes the brain is very materialistic. Uh, not as in you know in the materialist paradigm it's very much like that whereas the the mindfulness and the meditation was much more essential and I found that they were a brilliant combination in the art and the poetry was um I find the commonality in with um, poetry and art in, in that the, it's the experience of beauty which is similar to the experience of peace and love and that's how they all came together that's how I became interested I've always been interested and I'm just still interested now <laughs> so what do you say meditation gives you what is that essential aspect that was missing before what is that exactly the, the recognition of my own being of who I am that's what's missing I don't know who said it someone in history said turn 180 degrees round and walk the other way you know, you're going the wrong way. And it was that before the gaze for me had been outwards um, towards theories, different ways of looking at psychology, even looking at the brain is looking outwards. Whereas to turn the gaze 180 degrees and look 
at whatever it is is doing that is doing the looking to become aware of the aware presence that is part of all these experiences that's what I got that wasn't included and uh, I mean maybe it had been included and perhaps I just wasn't receptive to it at that time I can't remember um, but that's what I found it was the the heart of discovering my own being I suppose and many poets and artists talk talk to that as well the recognition of your own being but uh, meditation was a, a brilliant part of it and it's it's very sort of it added a lot of substance to the and a lot of meaning and feeling and to the, the psychological quest for knowledge. So that was quite good. Because you were working at Mind and you developed this wonderful poetry therapy. And then, of course, you, you know, obviously things were growing. And I'm just wondering how you went from there to where you are now. There's a whole plethora of things that you're doing. If I look at your website, I mean, there's workshops, there's, there's still poetry, there's podcasts. You know, there's, there's so many things. It's like a flower that's blossomed. Um, yeah, well, there's a lovely way of putting it. Yeah, I love your flower analogy. That's brilliant. Um, so from doing my studies, working at Mind, um, developing the work, it's been a very organic process. And the the, the way I would describe it is uh, I've, I've just continued to follow my interest. And where I became very interested in poetry and the use of that, I followed that. And then I've been following into the realms of meditation and mindfulness and just following. And as, the, as I follow the interest... It feels the best way to put it is there are different mediums for the expression of a similar sort of wisdom, if you like. And I've the, the, the medium that came most naturally to me was writing. And so from early on, perhaps 10 years ago, so I started writing a blog about my, my findings in psychology, in philosophy, poetry, everything I found that I thought was interesting and beneficial or sharing on there and it felt just natural and, eff- and effortless really to do it and that's how I was um, offered my book contract from somebody at the publisher reading my blog and that that was the most natural avenue for that enthusiasm to come out and it still is uh, I still love to do that and so the writing came like that and then over time I started to feel that perhaps it would be good to talk to people who also have an enthusiasm for something that's artistic or good for your well-being and that the it would be good to come out through interviews on a podcast so I'd go down that route and that feels right and the workshops I've been teaching workshops for for many years uh, of course now they've all gone most of them have gone online which is a different experience and um I just feel feel what feels right to do and what people are interested in. It's a very very similar kind of knowledge, the developing our intimacy with our own being, finding avenues to meet regularly with our own being, to express our talents and to, and to encourage our happiness. And whether that comes through a book or a workshop or an online course, I just feel very called to explore those avenues that appeal to my capabilities and sensibilities that can reach people because everyone likes something different. So that's why I guess I am doing a lot of things, <laughs> but they're similar content. So similar, come from a similar place. They speak to different parts of us as well, don't they? How else has lockdown affected you in your practice and, and your work? Where to begin? So many areas. First of all, everything got, has gone online, like a lot of people having to work online, putting classes online. Um, workshops I do a lot of teaching in companies and they've also gone online so learning how to use all of this online 
Zooming and microphones and this is similar for a lot of people, I guess, learning how to do this, embracing it. Um, so that's been a change. Although I must say my I have been used to for several years working from home and using the internet, being a writer as well. It's quite solitary work. So it's not a massive change for me. But that part of my work has changed. There are less meetings, less giving book talks. All of those things have, have changed for now. So that's on a kind of a day-to-day level with the change. I think something that's been very interesting is Most of the time, people who are interested in meditation, including myself, come to it because of an interest in the great what is. You know, they're interested in the great mystery of life or the nature of experience or and and they want to find relief from something, suffering in some way, more happiness or coping with stress. And for me, it was both together. And because of that, when I meet people who come to me to go to my classes or to learn privately, they tell me a mixture of those things and not always the case but it's frequently the case that it's not until someone becomes really and they've tried a lot of things they want to learn meditation maybe it's end-stage cancer or very much uh, changing relationship or changing their work or how they live or some big disruption in their life and it calls them to the inward path basically but it seems at the moment that Everybody is experiencing a similar sort of challenge, although our life circumstances are different. So we've got different challenges because of the the COVID, but COVID's a reality for a lot of people. And so that's been really interesting to, to work. It's changed my work in that way. Another change has been usually when a It's not the same because I don't really do therapy work anymore. But when you're a therapist, people come with their challenges they would like to unravel. And it's a personal challenge to them. And you can accompany them as they unravel that. But what's quite interesting is now the client, if you like, and the therapist are both in the midst of COVID. You know, the therapist themselves might have been unemployed or missing their loved ones. And it's a similar challenge, although different because everyone's in a different boat in many different ways. And of course, it's raised loads of questions to do with fear and society and industry and freedom. All of those questions are interesting. Absolutely. And I think what you said about everybody has had to come face to face with themselves during lockdown. And I think me too, I think I definitely have developed much more of a a self or inner practice than than I was doing. And when I picked up your book, Inhale, Exhale, Repeat, what I found so lovely about it, Emma, was the fact that the writing is so clear and yet simple. And so a lot of people may find the whole aspect of meditation, it's like really hard to get into. You just think, oh, I'd like to do it, but I can't really do it, me included. And the exercises that you have in here, they're just so straightforward and yet so well presented that they really invite you just to do them. And I was wondering why you decided to do it this way. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for um, getting the book. And thank you. I really appreciate hearing from you about the book as well. Yes. So the book, I was offered the book, I was in- invited to propose a book, I should say, through the blog. And my proposal was in How Exhale Repeat, which I decided to theme around the course of a an average working day. And the reason for that is, so the book starts in the morning, it takes you through waking up, having breakfast, getting ready for work, commuting, being at work, meetings, emails, all the things that you have to do at work. And and then after coming home from work, dinner time, bedtime, and then there's a bonus section, which is for the weekend of hobbies and art galleries, if you get a chance, you know, that kind of thing. 
And the reason is I wanted to give meditation a really strong context. I wanted to, of course, for me, I, I began formulating inhale exhale therapy on my blog. I began it while I was at Mind, which was in Essex. And I also had an office for several years in Shoreditch High Street. And it was very busy and it was very sort of buzzing with the startup community. And I was still meditating there, still running my classes and having a personal practice. And it was important for me to share that meditation can be part of a real everyday life with work and family and romance it can be I wanted to give that context for how it applies the individual little wisdom pieces for example you can't pull up the grass that's a nice little wisdom piece um so little wisdom pieces and then their context within a day and then some practical exercises like breathing exercises the chessboard that we we spoke about on email we might be able to share that shortly and different sounding techniques that can be employed at different parts of the day just to give it some really great context and to make it feel really accessible and an everyday kind of thing. Yeah, that to me is what I think is it's part of its magic. And as I mentioned to you on the email, one of the exercises was talking about making your office space welcoming. So I've now I put some essential oils on my office space. I decided even to clear up my bag, which is usually an absolute mess. And now I've got a really nice tidy bag just because of you. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And as I was looking through, I was thinking, okay, well, what could potentially relate to audiences at Morley? Um, Obviously, this is a a workspace. And that's why I thought, well, would the chessboard be a good one? So maybe if you would like to, you could take us through it. And so for everybody listening, this is one of the sets of exercises in Emma's work part of the book. And it's not too long, is it? It's just a way of thinking differently. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to read it as it is in the book. And you guys, I guess people can follow along or if they're watching this on on a replay, they can pause and follow along. So meditation and mindful movements, the chessboard. Try this movement sequence to cultivate a sense of energy, confidence and presence. Start by standing up straight with your arms by your sides, your eyes open and relaxed. So step number one is to tense the feet and then tense the legs, the thighs, buttocks, tense the stomach and shoulders, the neck and head, and then release the head, the neck, the shoulders, the chest, and work all the way down. So you're just working through the body from all the way up from your feet up to your head, tensing and then releasing. It's a really lovely way to let go of tension. I should say you can also do this sitting in a nice upright chair. You don't have to be stood up if that's not going to work where you are. So on your next set of inhale and exhales, bring your hands up to your chest area and take your arms straight out in front of you, palms uppermost, as if you were making an offering or giving something away. Then sweep them out to the sides and back to your heart again. A little bit like doing the breaststroke while swimming. As you breathe out, Give away the weight of the day. On each exhale, give it back to life to be washed, cleansed and otherwise carried away. And after three or four outward motions, let your arms come to your sides and rest for a moment. How does it feel? Now you are free of that weight. Now you perform the opposite motion with the arms coming out over the course of the next four in-breaths or so, take the arms out to the sides at right angles to your body and sweep them out in front of you as though bringing them inwards, welcoming someone in for a hug. And as you inhale, imagine that you're taking in all the nourishment, ideas and inspiration around you. And you can do that for a couple of in-breaths. So that's bringing the energy, the goodness in. That's good. Brilliant. And I'll, I'll go ahead and carry on with the instruction. You can do this in your own time. So then the final step is with your feet hip width apart, take a little jump to the right, 
making a firm stomp as you plant your feet on the ground, and as you plant them, affirm to yourself, I am here and I am ready. And now jump back to where you were, and from here affirm, now I'm here and I'm ready. Then you might choose to jump forwards and backwards, left and right, like a queen on a chessboard, taking your time to really move, grounded and ready from any position. And I think that's this is the this is the last part of the exercise. I hope you liked it if you're following along. Um, just a note on that is sometimes when we think of movement and exercise, it's um we might think about running or Pilates or something that's sort of stretching or toning or aligning. But sometimes movement just um, not necessarily with the idea of building up fitness, can be very worthwhile physically moving the body into different positions, standing different, stepping to the side, stepping to the other side. It can really help to bring us into our bodies and to welcome the body into our mindfulness uh, inquiry so that it's not just a sort of a hanger on, it's really involved in what we're doing. And it can be very invigorating just to not all movements have to be fitness exercises. So I recommend it like that. Oh, thank you, Emma. Just reminds me of what you said at the beginning about how some person had said turn 180 degrees. It's almost like you see your life from a different perspective when you move to a different position, just as you were saying now. I have historically found meditation in itself hard to do, but easier to do something like yoga. So it helps me to empty my mind by doing movement. What's been lovely about reading your book, also reading your blog, is the fact that actually meditation can be in anything, even cycling to Morley earlier on today. Just looking at the trees as I was cycling is a form of meditation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think there's an element of meditation in most things that you enjoy. You know, I think uh, to, to sit quietly and to be in silence and to be knowingly aware of your own presence is a lovely meditation to have that silent time. And that's that's pretty special, that silent time. But in and around that quite specific meditation time where it's called meditation, we've got our eyes closed, it can be so lovely to, as you say, find these precious moments when cycling, when making a cup of tea, even just um, if you're wearing a nice piece of clothing that you quite like, your favourite jumper or something, just the feel of that soft fabric is, is, is a real simple pleasure and just lovely, yeah. You're right. So before we end, I suppose what I'm I'm interested in is where you're going to go next. Where are your interests going to take you? I think if I asked you a question about what's your favourite, you'd probably say so many things are your favourite. But where do you think you want to go now? You're right. I have got a lot. I th- I'm excited about everything, to be honest. I feel I've got a lot of... <laughs> I've got a lot of hobbies and work work as well. I'm really excited um, about a lot of things. Where am I going next? Who knows? You know, we are no one knows what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen next. What I'm interested in is I recently put together a I've been working on my second book for quite a while. I'm a relatively slow slow writer, but I've been working on that for quite a while and that's really interesting to me. I've created a new online program called The Seven Wonders of the Inner World, which is an explorative journey into various qualities of being like groundedness and love and creativity and self-expression. And so I'm interested in exploring that further and taking people through that journey and my writing. And um, I'm keen to, uh, this year, I was invited to teach my work combining poetry and meditation at a university on their psychology syllabus. And so that's really exciting because it's a, a big change because when I when I did my psychology degree, those things weren't on the curriculum. And when I worked at mine, they weren't on offer. And now that many more people, perhaps because of this year, what's happened, but who knows why, 
people are increasingly interested and open to poetry and to meditation. And so I'm, I'm interested in how it's going to unfold, welcoming many more people into the, the beauty of poetry and mindfulness. So let's see. That's wonderful. Thank you, Emma. And so for anyone listening, just to say that your website is emmamillslondon.com. I, for one, have decided that I'm going to buy Inhale, Exhale, Repeat for my brother-in-law, who I know who will also be very interested for it as a Christmas present. I do recommend it. And I'm personally interested in the, the seven wonders of the inner world. I think that sounds like a very interesting program. Anyway, Emma, I just wanted to say thank you very much. It's been absolutely lovely and very inspiring talking to you. Oh, thank you. Likewise, Joanne, I'm really thrilled to have met you and, and to, see, you know, to be with you here. And thank you so much for your time and your enthusiasm. And I look forward to seeing what you, what you get up to next and where you get to with your meditation and your inner world. And yeah, thank you very much. We hope you found these conversations useful. Please get in touch if you'd like to share your thoughts on living life well. You can contact us on radio at morleycollege.ac.uk or follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Morley Radio.